Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Happy Frozen Sunday! Come on! Hey, can you believe your crazy preachers out here in the cold? Oh, man. Okay, I'm not going to lie to you. We're pre-filming this, so it's not negative eight. It's only like 30, so um, it's actually not too bad. But, man, we're excited you're here. Uh, snow day at real life. Good news is, is you spend time with your family and uh, maybe some extra time in prayer today. We're going to lean in to 20 days of prayer and fasting where you guys are at home and just see what God has for us. And so uh, I want to invite you in this moment to do something very special. Uh, it means the world. If you were to like this today, uh, would you meet and greet some people on the chat? Uh, just welcome everybody, say hi to your friends, and then hit the like button, hit the share button. Man, let the world know uh, that we're sharing today about Jesus. We're going to dive in the Word of God and just be a big encouragement today. couple of things before we dive into the message. Uh, first thing is this, God willing, we will be back to KT, Kentucky Trail Elementary, next week, 9.30 and 11. Tonight, there will be no real life youth uh, because of the weather. Uh, a couple other things. We have a missions trip, actually two trips coming up. We have one in June and one in September. I would encourage you uh, to consider, uh, to pray about, and really, if you're interested at all, to show up to a meeting next Sunday after the second gathering in the Next Steps room just past the bathrooms down the hallway. And the, these trips are both to Columbia. They're Bogota, Columbia, South America. The trip is going to be somewhere around $1,800, give or take. Um, all the details are online. And I would encourage you to show up. Even if you don't have enough money, you're not really sure about the details, if you're interested at all, be a part of what God is doing. One of the things the father asked his son to pray for, Jesus, uh, he said, Jesus, ask me for the nations. I will give them to you. And there's something special about getting unplugged from the world uh, that you're used to with your friends and your family and all the normal things and getting into a different culture and language and seeing what God does across the world. If you've never been on a trip, it's a perfect time to be your first trip. If you've been before, it'd be a huge blessing. So we're going in June and September, and we'd love to see you on a trip coming up um, this year. Another thing is this. we got life groups. They are live today and the bitter cold online for you to check out and sign up for. It's amazing. We've got 15 groups. We've got a group for every demographic, every age group, every person. I would encourage you to check those out, look at them, pray about it, and then get involved in the group. I'd encourage you, don't make the mistake of missing this session of life groups and uh, just kind of floating this season. We want 24 to be the year you break out. It's gonna encourage other people around you to build your faith. So live on mission together, be a spiritual family. These groups actually launch and go live next Sunday, the 21st. And so this is your week to sign up. Uh, check them out. There'll be an email coming with all the different groups. And so it'd be a great chance for you to pray about it and jump on in. Uh, I would encourage you guys, um, if God asks you to give today, to be a part of what God is asking you to do, um, it's a huge blessing for our church and the mission of God to move forward as we start 24. Uh, we have big dreams, big vision, huge legacy we're trying to build, and uh, we are in movement for those things that we launched last year and uh, just seeing what God is going to do this year, and your giving makes a huge difference. And so last week, we had 11 first-time guests. Absolutely incredible what God did. Uh, we had one person come to Christ, and uh I just know the story and the family, and it's been a long answer to prayer, and uh, it's been incredible what God is doing. And so every Sunday, 
your giving makes and impacts it. So if you feel led to give today, it's real simple. Just go online somewhere out already and, uh, and give to what God asks you to give here at Real Life Church. Well, today we're picking up on the third part of our series, Build My Faith. And last week we ended with the name of a man that built his faith and he was slow to do it. His name's Barak. And Barak had this faith that was hesitant. And if you remember the story, it was in Judges 4 and 5. And there's something very special about the story that I didn't see last week. There, there's something I missed. Uh, there's something that's significant for us today. Matter of fact, Barak, in, in his story, he had slow faith and he they gave this promise of God to conquer Sisera and to take over this army of the Canaanites and he was hesitant and he had Deborah. And they remember he went on top of that mountain, he saw the troops and Deborah said, go, now's the time, the Lord's hand's gone before you and his faith was built. And so he charged down the mountain first and then he saw Sisera that was killed by the hand of Ael and uh, he saw him laying there at the stake through his skull and his faith even grew bigger and he charged down Jabin the king and killed the king of the Canaanites, his faith was bigger. There's something very special that you see in the Bible, and it's actually what you don't see in the Bible. I just realized this. If you go to the end of chapter five, the very last thing that Barak did, which should have been the first thing he did, was pray. The very last verse of Barak's story in the Old Testament is his first time praying, and he missed it. He missed it. When he got the promise of God, he should have started with prayer. He should have been praying before he got the promise of God. And that's why he was so hesitant because he wasn't connected to God. Matter of fact, the Bible says his troops and their swords and spears were all put away. He wasn't even prepared. And so today, as we start out 2024, we're thinking about the goals and direction. I would encourage you to be a person to prayer. This has actually been an um, you call it behind the scenes theme, like a sub theme of these messages these last two weeks. And he's to move to the main theme. Prayer has to move up into the main title. We talked about Anna um, on Sabbath Sunday. And if you think about Anna, this is what I said about her, if you remember in Luke chapter two, it said she never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Prayer always precedes a miracle in your life. Prayer always precedes a blessing. Prayer always precedes the power of God unleashed in your life. And so today I wanna to talk about what it is to be a person of prayer. Today is the eighth day of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And you may ask, well, what's it really matter? Uh, I, I, I don't pray that much. And I, I honestly, every time I pray, I don't really see it making a difference. I don't see the impact it makes. I don't see the change in my life. And I, I'm not trying to be mean preacher, but I think prayer is a good thing. It's a noble thing. But I don't know if it really changes the circumstances around me. And so today, I wanna dive into the power of prayer. I, I wanna look at somebody that's found the Hall of Fame of Faith. He's actually barely mentioned, not even by name. Remember last week we, we talked about, about Barak and, um, and it goes through Bar it don't time to speak of Barak in Hebrews 11 and of David and, and Samuel and Jephthah uh, and the prophets. And they said, who conquered kingdoms. And there's this little phrase, it says, and shut the mouths of lions. Now, who do you think that's talking about? That shut the mouths of lions. That's right. It's your, it's your boy Daniel. We're going back to Daniel today and we're gonna look at his story and the power of prayer and how it wasn't just a, oh, I aligned my heart with God and it was a noble thing to do and I did this like Eastern meditation and I, I just felt centered and all these things. No, it literally changed circumstances. And we're gonna see this all throughout the Bible day. It's gonna be awesome. So I wanna encourage you to get your Bible out with your family, maybe you're by yourself, uh, and, and get on there and, and jump into Daniel chapter six. And we're just gonna walk through Daniel chapter six and just share with you the importance of prayer today. So if you've got your Bible, Daniel chapter six, 
I got mine down here in the wind. It's going to be awesome. And this is what it says. It pleased Darius. Darius is, is the king of, oops, sorry. The wind is blowing. So Darius is the newly appointed king. He, he, he's over Babylon. The other king died, Belshazzar, if you go back to the last verse and the, the, the chapter before. And so Darius takes over. It says, it pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps. These are just providential administrators over the area that he's ruling to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one whom was Daniel. So Daniel is this administrator, probably over 40 satraps or so. So the satraps are made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. The reason Daniel even had a job was to make sure that the kingdom didn't get robbed from their taxes or from other financial matters. Now, Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Daniel's about 80 years old. He stands out because of his characteristics of his calling of who he is in God. And he stands up with this amazing character and the king chooses him as his favorite. He sees a leadership on Daniel. Now Darius is 62 years old and he recognized this and one of his leaders it says this, at this, the administrators and the state traps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of the government affairs, but they're unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. These men became jealous of Daniel and tried to find a way to bamboozle him and to set him up and to remove him from power. Verse five, finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man unless, unless against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. They knew they had to trap him somehow. And it kind of reminds you of the story of Joseph and his brothers and this extreme jealousy of his power and his character and his calling with God, how secure he was. They had to attack him and take him out. Verse six says this, so the administrators, the state traps, went as a group to the king. I love, I love how critics like to show up in groups. And they went to the king and said, may King Darius live forever. They were patting him on the back, stroking his ego. The royal administrators, the perfects, the state traps, advisors, the governments or governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any God or human being during the next 30 days, except you, your majesty, shall be thrown in the lion's did. We, we all agreed. Don't, don't you love it when critics show up? They all agree. It means you and your two friends. Let's just be real. But they all agree that there's a problem. And they show up to the king and they, they kind of bamboozle him. Hey, just for 30 days, we really need to clean house and make sure that everybody's really aligned behind you and they only pray to you, king. It's just 30 days. Let's just make sure that anybody doesn't follow you. Let's remove them and put them in the lion's den. The king's like, oh, this is, this is a great idea. Just 30 days, no problem. It's only 30 days days. It says, now your majesty issue a decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance to the law of the Medes and Persians. Interesting enough, Darius is a Mede. He'd know darn well that when you put it in writing, even he could not change the own law that he put into order. He says, which cannot be repealed. And so King Darius put the decree in writing. Verse 10, if there's ever a verse that you should look at and memorize and take notes on the day, this is the verse. It says, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published. He came to knowledge that these guys were bamboozling and they put this edict in place, this decree came to pass. This is what he did. He went home to his upstairs room where the windows were open towards Jerusalem. 
And now, if you don't know that Daniel would always pray towards the, the temple that's found in Jerusalem that Solomon built, and he'd pray towards the presence of God and the Holy of Holies. It says three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks, even though the circumstances got worse with this edict, he gave thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Now, this is absolutely incredible that nothing changed for Daniel. He went back and did the same thing he was doing before. He was consistent in his prayer life. I want you to think about this. How often does prayer precede a miracle of God? How often does prayer precede a miracle of God? I mean, you think about Elijah and he prayed and fire came down and consumed the altar. Think about Jehoshaphat and he prayed and there was divine intervention and victory. There was a prophetic word and they won the battle without even fighting. Think about Daniel's prayer in chapter nine and he prays for a vision for God to see what God's gonna do in the future. And God answers his prayer with a vision. For 23 verses, this boy's praying. You think about New Testament, Matthew 8, the centurion, he prays for his servant to be healed and God brought instant healing on a servant. You think about the church, it prayed earnestly for Peter's miraculous release from prison and God released Peter. You think about Paul and Silas as they're sitting there in the Philippian jail cell and they pray and they sing hymns, the earthquake happens and they lead the jailer and his family to Christ. Prayer always precedes a miracle. You, you think about Jesus himself before he went to the cross. You remember what Jesus did? He was in the garden. Remember that, the garden of Gethsemane? And he asked his disciples to stop here and brought Peter, John, and James and said, here, come a little closer. I want you to pray for me. And he went on and kept farther and prayed. And the Bible didn't say he prayed once. The Bible didn't say he prayed twice. The Bible says that Jesus prayed three times before the greatest miracle in the history of humanity. Jesus the Lord of all lords, the King of kings, stopped and prayed three times. Do you think it's a coincidence that Daniel prayed three times? Do you think there's something about having a life marked by prayer? And you think about Daniel. He gave thanks to God. The world changed. His circumstance changed. But believe this, Daniel did not change. He was unmoved. His life and his walk with God was gonna be the same no matter what the world went, what direction it went. And you might say, well, my prayer didn't feel like it makes a difference. My prayers aren't making an impact. And uh, as a matter of fact, for Daniel, when he prayed, it actually seemingly got worse. Now all of a sudden, he's getting in trouble for praying. He's gonna end up in a lion's den. And so if you're looking at your circumstances and they're not changing because you're praying, it probably means that God is setting something up bigger than you can even understand or even know. And you're gonna see this in Daniel's story. You might ask the question, why three times a day? Well, why in the world would we pray three times a day? And I think about what Daniel probably knew. And there's actually a Psalm in Psalm 55 where David he prays this prayer about treacherous friends. His friends had stabbed him in the back. They left him. They're hunting him down. They're trying to kill him. And he actually goes to the extent of praying, and I'm not recommending this, but he prayed for his friends to be thrown into hell alive. He was so irritated and frustrated, he prayed that his friends would be separated from him and his enemies would be conquered. And this is what it says in Psalm 55, 16. This is David speaking. As for me, I call to God and the Lord saves me from my friends my so-called friends. He said, evening, morning, and noon. Three times I cry out in distress and he hears my voice. He rescues me unharmed from the battle waged against me, even though many so-called friends oppress me. Now, if you think about Daniel, he probably modeled from David what to do 
when his friends turned their backs on him. Do you think Daniel was surprised when they came up with a plot to kill him? Do you think Daniel probably had an intuition to know that his friends didn't like him and they want to get rid of him? And so he would have gone back to the Bible and he would have known David. He had friends like these friends. And so he prayed three times a day and consistently prayed. And you're going to see how God uses this. So I would encourage you, if you struggle in your prayer life, you probably have not identified or taken seriously the enemy in your life. You don't know why you're doing this because your prayers matter and they change your circumstance. And you recognize that you're in a battle, a spiritual battle. All of a sudden, your, your shelter and your strength come from prayer. Also, if your prayer life is terrible, I, I would encourage you um, that you may, your faith may be lacking that God can change your circumstances. See, faith is actually downstream from, or prayer is downstream from faith. Uh, your prayers don't make you more religious. We don't go to pray because we should pray. And it's just a Christian thing to do. We pray because we're built on faith and we know that God can change our circumstances. God can bring a miracle. God can change the things of 24 that you can never change. And so we just live a life of prayer as a reflection, as a demonstration, as reliance on the faith we have in God. And that's exactly what Daniel does. You're gonna see this in verse 11. If you pick up the story, it says, then these men went as a group and they found Daniel praying, what a shock, and asking God for help. Now this is ironic because if he's praying the prayer in Psalm 55, he's, asking, he's actually asking for the de- demise of the very people that saw him praying. And uh, if you know the story, um, their prayers come true. And it, it, it's kind of ironic to, to see this. Verse 12 says this, so they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. He said, did you not publish a decree, King Darius, a royal decree that the next 30 days that anyone who prays to any God or human being except you, your majesty, may be thrown in a lion's den? Did you not say this? And the king answered, well, the decree stand in accordance with the law of the Medes and the prophets, which cannot be repealed. He says, then they said the king Daniel, who's one of the exiles of Judah, that 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 the foreigner that's in our territory, that Daniel, he says he prays to the, he prays. Sorry, I missed the verse here. Then he said, the King Daniel, who's one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree you put in writing. It says he still prays three times a day, which is kind of interesting because uh, they didn't see Daniel pray once. They actually watched him from a distance. Oh, there he is in the morning. Oh, there he is at noon. Oh, they, there he is again, dinner time. Now we got some evidence. Let's go take this to the king. He still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to, he was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sunset to save him. Then the men went as a group to the king Darius again and said to him, remember your majesty that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree edict of the king's issues can be changed. Oh man, I'm so sorry. We just can't really change this. And so the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lions. Then the king said to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually rescue you. This is ironic because here you have this heathen, probably not saved, distant king from God who says his first prayer you ever find in the Bible. And he prays that the God, the living God of Daniel would rescue him from the lions. Verse 17, a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and the rings of the nobles so that Daniel's situation may not be changed. 
This is, this is interesting because this can take a lot more than a king's ring on earth to hold down a circumstance that only God can change and God is going to change it. They thought they were in control. Then the king returned to his palace. Listen to this. He spent the night without eating and without entertainment, which we're not going to talk about what that means, and being brought to him, and he says he could not sleep. So this is real interesting. Now the king, he's praying for Daniel to be saved from the lions. He's now fasting for Daniel as he's in the lion's den for him to be saved. Now I want you, I want you to think about this. This heathen king is now praying and fasting for Daniel because he sees his character. He sees his passion for God. Here's the question I have today. We're in 21 days of prayer and fasting. You might ask, when's a good time to start fasting? And I would encourage you, the good time to start fasting is when something bothers you. When something in your life that doesn't sit well in your soul, when it's something with your kids or your family or your friends or the world around you that disturbs you, that keeps you up at night, that's the best time for you to fast. It's when Jesus fasts. You think about Jesus. He, he went to the, uh, the Samaritan, the lay at the well, the Samaritan woman, and he sent his disciples away, and they came back, and they're like, here's the beef jerky, Jesus. And he said, I'm not even hungry because I'm doing the work of God. I'm concerned for these people on the other side of this river that nobody wants to go tell about myself. You think about Daniel, and, and just a few chapters later, in Daniel chapter 10, remember nine, he prays, and then God gives him a vision. And he's praying for God to reveal him the future. He's praying from a vision from the Lord and God shows him a vision and the, the vision disturbs Daniel. Matter of fact, his heart is broken. He's so disturbed that he prays and he fasts. Listen to this, you're gonna love it. It's not a coincidence, 21 days. Come on, somebody. You, you thought we made this number up, didn't you? It's all these years, why 21? Because it's in the Bible, bro. Daniel prays for 21 days and he fasts because the, this, the story he heard and the vision he saw from God was so disturbing to his soul. That's why we pray and fast. And God is changing his circumstances. Matter of fact, what's really cool, he might know the story, is that an angel shows up to comfort Daniel. And it's a pretty amazing story. And I'm not gonna tell all the details, but the angel gets there. It's angel Michael. He's a warrior angel. He's actually the head angel in, in heaven. He's ruler of all the other angels. And Michael says to Daniel, hey, I'm really sorry. I'm two weeks late because I was fighting off a demon and other angelic war was happening and I couldn't make it on time. And, and, and you thought your prayers didn't make a difference. God sent an angel who had to fight a war to get to Daniel. It is mind-blowing. And so we don't pray. We like robbing ourselves of the work of God and the power of God and the strength of God and the protection of God. And God is moving and fighting and doing these things behind the scenes. We can only even imagine. And so you think, well, when's a good time to pray and fast? I would say when you see something that bothers you. And there should be something on your soul as a Christian that always bothers you. When you look at the world around you, we shouldn't be like, oh, I love the world. It's like, man, I love the people in the world, but maybe that's because see some things changed. And so I would encourage you to be a man or woman of prayer and fasting. Think about this. You see, you see this in the Bible. No, no one ever said this about Daniel. This is so interesting. You th we've always thought, well, Daniel saved from the lions because he was a man of prayer. And, and that is absolutely true. And he also is character. But there's something we often miss in the story that I've never heard said before. And this is, this is in the Bible. King Darius prayed and fasted for Daniel. Do, do you think this king's prayer and fasting gave extra strength in the word of God and the power of God and protection of God 
over Daniel, that the intercessory prayer of King Darius was used. You know, the story actually ends with King Darius doing something fantastic. Matter of fact, the story is all about the king proclaiming the gospel. His heart's being changed. Daniel's in the lion's den because that king's heart's gonna be shifted for faith and he's gonna do something incredible. When you think about intercessory prayer, you may think, well, my prayers don't make a difference for my kids or for my world or circumstances around you. Think about intercessory prayer in the Bible. Moses intercedes on behalf of Israel. They make a golden calf of Moses getting the 10 commandments and they make a golden calf and God's ready to wipe them out and Moses prays and God, he reroutes his plans. He relented from destroying all these people. Moses intercedes for Israelites when they go in the promised land and that he pardons the Israelites' sin. Job intercedes for his friends that took him down the wrong path, and God restores Job. Daniel intercedes. We talked about in Daniel chapter 9. He intercedes for the Israelites in the exile, and he gets divine revelation of the future. Jesus intercedes for those that is being crucified, that crucified him. He said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Think about Stephen as he's being stoned. He exactly quoted what Jesus said on the cross. He said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. They intercede for these people around them that they wouldn't hold their sins against them. Think about the Holy Spirit who intercedes for us and prays for us. You are marked by prayer, even if you're not even praying because the Holy Spirit's praying for you and those prayers make a difference. We have to wake up to the reality that prayer and fasting absolutely change our circumstances. We have to wake up to the reality that the things around us change because we pray. Look at verse 19 as we wrap up the story. It says this, at the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. And when he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, serpent of the living God, has your God whom you serve continuously been able to rescue from the lions? Has the God that you put all your faith and trust in, this living God, did he save you? And Daniel answered, man, two powerful words in the Bible. It says, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel, sounds familiar, and shut the mouths of lions, which is quoted in Hebrews 11. And they have not hurt me because I, found, I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done anything wrong before your majesty. And the king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And Daniel was lifted from the den. No wounds are found him because he trusted in his God. At the king's command, here's the answer to Daniel's prayer. At the king's command, the prayer that he asked God for help over his enemies, right? It says, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown to lion's den along with their wives and their children. And before they reached the floor of the den, these hungry, not tame, not toothless lions overpowered, the, overpowered them and crushed all their bones. And then King Darius wrote to all the nations. The very point of this entire story then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in the earth. This is absolutely incredible. This is the entire reason it got difficult for Daniel because the king is now gonna spread the word of God to the entire world. Every nation, every tongue, every people that can be written by these scribes, the king gathers around and he says this, write this down and send this to the world. May you prosper greatly. He puts a blessing on the world he said, I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. Now the God of all gods is the one on the throne. He says, for he is living God. He endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and saves 
He performed signs and wonders in heavens and on the earth. He rescued Daniel from the power of lions. It says, so Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. Man, Daniel had no absolute idea that when he prayed, that it would change the entire world. He had no ideas that his prayer would impact the proclamation of the gospel going to all people. He had no idea when it felt like his prayers were hitting the ceiling and he was on his knees three times a day. He's being set up by his enemies. He had no idea that God would flip the script, that God was gonna answer his prayer, but it was gonna get hard for him because he wanted to show off a miraculous power of God to this king who now can proclaim the gospel, proclaim the good news of God to the entire world. We gotta do something different in 24. We have to stop selling our prayers short. We have to stop selling our prayers short, like literally short in time and figuratively short in belief. We, we have to grow our faith in the belief that God can change our prayers. We need to spend more time in prayer. Why not take the challenge of 21 days of prayer and fasting? Why not do what Daniel did? Why not do what David did? Why not do what Jesus did? Why not do what we're called to do as Christians and be marked by prayer? three times a day, getting on our knees before God, spending time with him and asking him to change and things around you and do a miracle in your life and ch change the circumstances in your family and, and build something in your soul and read through the Psalms and pray the Bible back to God and, and proclaim the goodness of Jesus in your life and build your life on faith. And when the world goes crazy, you remain unchanged like Daniel, a man full of prayer. Think about people in the Bible with consistent prayer. Jacob, he wrestled God consistently it wouldn't quit until God blessed him and God did. Think about Hannah. She prayed continuously for a son and God gave him Samuel, the, the one who wrote Judges we talked about last week. That was her son. Think about Elijah. He prayed and prayed seven times and God poured down rain in the middle of a three-year drought. You might say, well, God's not moving. I don't feel God moving. I don't feel God moving. Can I encourage you that God isn't moving yet? that you can notice, but he may be sending an angel. They may be fighting a war in heavens on your behalf. You have no idea what God is doing through your prayers, but he is moving. You might think, well, it's getting difficult. Can I encourage you? Give thanks. That's what the Hall of Famers do. When it gets difficult, thank you for making it harder because you're gonna show off something even bigger, God. I'm gonna pray. They're at my doorstep right now. Get ready to knock on the door. I'm gonna be a man of prayer. We have to understand that your prayers are a demonstration of your faith. Prayers are a alliance that God can change your circumstances. Man, day eight, we looked at Anna. We, we, we looked at Barak. We looked at Daniel. Can I encourage you today, 2024, that things are gonna change your life is your prayer life. It, 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 it's gonna give you the power of protection of God. It's gonna give you the providence of God. It's gonna give you the power of God. It's gonna be the blessing of God. It's the very thing that builds all of 24 is we get our knees before God and we pray first in this season. What if we moved our prayer life to the top priority in 24? What if today was the beginning? There's a reason we're home today because now you don't have to set up, you don't have to serve, you don't have to drive. You just gained a lot of time back today and you can spend time in praying to the Lord and asking him to be first in your life and change your circumstances. And we believe with all faith that God can do it. Would you guys pray with me today? Father, come before you. Gotta pray a blessing on our church, blessing our community, God. I pray our church would be marked by prayer. Every single person that's a Christian, God would be on their knees today, just begging God for you, for your power and your presence in their life. God, that we would spend time 
recognizing where we stand, who our enemies are, and pray for circumstances to change. I pray in this season for 21 days of prayer and fasting, God, we'd be marked by fasting as well, God, that you can move nations, God, you can proclaim the goodness of God, the world through us, that, you, that you, your glory would shine through us, God. We don't know how, we don't know when, but know you're gonna do it. And so God, I pray you'd be marked by prayer and fasting this season. I'll pray for one group of people, and that's those of you that recognize that you've been doing this on your own, that you've been trying to live your life without prayer, and you've never prayed to God, you've never accepted Jesus, you don't have the power of the one that sent the angel, the power of the one that rescued Daniel, the power that did the miracle for Barak, the, 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 the presence of God that Anna saw, that's Jesus. And Jesus has been working behind the scenes for, for 2,000 years to get to you. And today you're one prayer away from your heart turning to God and repenting from your sin and running to Jesus. And the Bible says that that Holy Spirit that's interceding for you he will come into your life and he will save you from your sin and you'll be transformed and made new. And today the Bible says that today's the day of salvation and that Jesus is offering the free gift. Jesus came 2,000 years ago, died on the cross for you. He was praying for you in the Garden of Gethsemane. He took on your sin on the cross. He was, he was tortured and, and killed for you. And the Bible says you call on him that the power of God will come in your life. And so today you're one prayer away from your heart turning to God in faith alone in Christ alone today, it can be changed. And so that's you and you need Jesus, I wanna offer a prayer for you. You can pray this prayer and it's the faith in God that changes your life if you turn to him. Just say this, Father God, thanks so much for sending Jesus, the God of all gods, the living God of Daniel, the God of Barak that won the war, the presence that Anna held. God, I pray you come my life, God. I surrender myself, I turn to you today, God. And this prayer is my first step of faith. I've trusted in you, God. Thank you for calling me. Thank you for the Holy Spirit drawing me today. God, I love you. You can have my life. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give it up. Big hearts, likes, man. Let people know you love them. Thank you, Jesus, for answering prayer for those who came to Christ today. You are an answer to prayer. Come on, somebody. Well, I can't wait to see you guys next week. Hopefully out of the cold, out of the snow, 9, 30, 11. If you guys need anything at all this week, reach out. We're here for you. We're a spiritual family. We love you guys. And remember, whoever finds Jesus, discovers. Come on, somebody. Real life and purpose. Woo! <laughs> See you later, real life. <laughs>